So just to briefly review the highlights of last week. Last week what we explored was the get between Rav and Shmuel about saying Kiddush in a place where you eat and whether you could say Kiddush and Shul. And we explored uh, why one would be compelled to why we would be compelled to say Kiddush in the place where you're eating your meal, because it establishes the meal as a Shabbos meal, or because the wine itself generates the obligation. So one, of those, one of those options we saw in the Rashbam to approach is. And in the middle of that discussion, it went kind of on a tangent, although the, it was connected to that Sukkia that we were doing last week, um, of situations where people made Kiddush in one place, or started eating in one place, and then switched locations. And then they made Kiddush again. And so last week I said we're going to get to it next week, the concept of changing places and making new brachot and all those situations. And so here we are. Uh, today what we're going to do is we're really going to explore this notion of shinoi makom tzarich When you switch places, when you start eating a meal in one place and now you're going to switch to another place, do you need to repeat and make a new bracha? Which situations do you need to? Which situations don't you need to? Um, the Gemara here is, is very interesting in terms of the, I guess, philosophy and conceptual, underlying conceptual theory behind it, um, as well as there's an interesting, seemingly a very interesting argument between the different um, Rishonim on the Gemara about why we would want to require people to make new record or not. How are you? We're just about to begin, so we will open our analysis with um, on Kuf Al Hamidbet. Um, and if just one more word of introduction, we are, the last thing that we, we learned about last week was the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. And if you recall the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan, which was ultimately rejected in the Gemara, right, was Rabbi Yochanan said that we don't, that Echad Shinu Yayin, the Echad Shinu Makum, in that if you switch wines in the middle of the meal, as well as if you switch locations in the, me- in the middle of the meal, in both, of, in both of those situations, you do not need to make another bracha. And the Gemara rejected that by saying, no, shino yayin if you switch wines in the middle of the meal, you do not need to make another bracha. But shino yimakum But if you switch your location, if you switch the place that you ate, started eating a meal in one place, and then you switch another place, you, that would be a situation where we would require you to make another bracha. So on the heels of that, we're going to start on the third line down. The, excuse me, the third to last word is Yatsiv Rav Idi Bar Abin, Kamid Rav Chesa. So Rav Idi Bar Abin was, uh, w- was sitting with Rav Chesa. V'yati Rav Chesa v'ka'amar, Mishmei Rav Huna. Rav Chesa was sitting there, he said in the name of Rav Huna, Had amarta shinoi makum tzarich lebarach. That which we just said, that shinoi makum tzarich lebarach, if you switch your locations, you need to make another bracha, lo shanu elani bayit lebayit. That was only taught with regard to switching houses, right? So if you switch houses, mibayit lebayit, you're in this house, and you leave to go to another house, in that situation, everyone would agree you need to make another bracha. Continuing in the Gemara, avami makom makom, lo. But from place to place, you would not need to make another bracha. So if you look at Rashi, uh, Rashi is on the top again, the Rashbam is on the bottom, so the Rashi, the top line, mimakom mimakom, what is this, what is the second option? Mimakom mimakom, mibayil aliyah, you're just going from your house up, up a level, right? So you're in the same house, you're switching floors, you're switching locations, in that case, you would not need to make another bracha. Again, shino imakom tzarich levarech, when we say if you change locations, you need to make another bracha, what is the situation? The Gemara says that in the situation of Nibayit Labayit, you're in house number A, you go to house number B. In that case, you need to make another bracha. But if you switch places and within the approach of Rashi, even within the same house, you're on one level, you go to another level, and so on and so forth, even if you can't see the place where you ate, right? You, the dining room and the upstairs are on two completely different floors. Right? We don't blast floors, you can't see through. So in that situation, you would not need to make another bracha according to Rashi. You'll notice that there's a little star on your Gemara right before me buy it, buy it. And that star takes you to the Misora and Hashas. So on the Xeroxes, it's on the top left corner and it's underlined. Um, and other, in other, is anyone using the regular Gemara? So in the regular Gemara, it's on the Hadahud Habach, on the inside column. 
excuse me, it's not an Ibn. Above the Hagar Habach, there's like a little, there's in the Mishur and Hashas on the left side, it says, Lo Shanu El Mibayit Labayit. So there's a, there's a Girsa issue, right? Our Gemara, in the text of our Gemara, and definitely with Rashi's, Rashi's text of the Gemara, said, Mibayit Labayit versus Mimakon Mimakon. However, there's another Girsa, there's another text, another manuscript of the Gemara, and that manuscript, it says, Lo Shanu El Mibayit Labayit, right? If you switch houses, you need to make another bracha. But if you're in one room and you switch corners, in that situation, you would not need to make another bracha. Um, okay, so what happened? We have three possible locations, three possible types of switching locations, right? Everyone agrees that if you switch, me buy it, buy it, you're in one house and you switch to another house, everyone agrees that you would need to make another bracha, right? Shino Makom, that's the classic case of Shino Makom, you switch houses. Now we have two other possible categories or types of switching, right? Our Gemara, the gears of our Gemara, is Mimakom Makom. You're switching, and we're going to understand it with an approach of Rashi, you're switching locations in the house, right? But we have a third possibility, right? The third possibility, which is the, which is the approach of which, which is the gear set that Tosot has, it's the gear set that most people have, and Halacha Lamasa, that's how, that's the version, that's the text that we use. Mipina Lipina, if you're in one corner and you switch to another corner, that's the situation you would not need to make another brach. Okay? So before I move on, we need to understand a few things. Number one is, what is going on? Right? Why would we require making new brachot in certain situations, and why wouldn't we need to make another bracha in certain situations? That's what we're going to call the conceptual analysis here. And then practically speaking, we just need to understand who says what about various different, um, various different uh, situations. For example, those people who say, mipina lipina lo, that if you're in one room and you switch corners, in that situation you would not need to make another bracha, would, what would they say about switching levels, right? What, what would they say if you just go to another place in your house? The case of mimakom mimakom, what would they say? Would they say that that's like mipina lipina? Or are they saying no, because pina lipina, right, switching corners in a room is, is very, okay, I was there, I just picked up my little tray, it's like a buffet. You just pick up, you need to be at the corner of the room. Not a very significant change, right? But moving to another floor, you're in a whole other place, you're in a whole other makom, for example, right? Maybe you're in a whole new place. And in that situation, you would have to make another bracha. Or you could say, no, it's just really pina lipina is the same thing as makom, makom, and maybe they understand it differently than Rashi. So that's what we're going to have to understand for a little bit. So I have for you, actually, before we move on in the Gemara. The Gemara, uh, just to set up what's going to happen, the Gemara is going to go after we understand this basic under assertion of Shinu Imakum Sarif Lavarath and the times when you would need to and when you wouldn't need to repeat the bracha. The Gemara that is then going to go and qualify that and challenge it and make a lot of comments on it. But in order to fully understand that, I think we need a drama background. So, I made Xeroxes up a few things. So on this uh, page, on the top is a part of the Yerushalmi. And the Yerushalmi isn't on our Masachet, it's in Masachet Brachot. And in Masachet Brachot is the parallel discussion to this Shinri Makom thing, right? That's number one. And number two is the opinion of Rambam uh, is particularly interesting. Uh, especially in contrast to the Riven. And I think that when we understand the Rambam and the Riven, we'll see these two different approaches of what, two different approaches of what Shunei Makum is all about will emerge. But let's start with the Yerushalmi. Again, the Yerushalmi, our Gemara that we learned, is the Talmud Babli, right, the Babylonian Talmud. And it was, uh, generally, when we talk about Gemara, that's what we're referring to. However, the Yerushalmi, uh, not only is it broken up very differently, it's broken into Perak and then Halacha, as opposed to our Gemara, which is broken up into Perek and Mishnah, and then Gemara on the Mishnah. It looks very similar, but you break it up into what's called Perek and Halacha. So our Gemara that we're going to focus on is Perek Vav Halacha Chet. Um, and it, it looks a little different, and often what the commentaries on the Yerushalmi do is they try and reconcile the Yerushalmi and the Babli together when there's tension between the two. And Rambam famously often poskins like the Yerushalmi over the Babli. General Rambam fact. Okay, so the Gemara here says as follows: Rav Simon, Rav Tadai, B'shem Rabbi Yehoshua. 
Achal b'mizracha shel te'ina. If you eat on the east side of a tree, ubal achol b'ma'arava, and you now going to switch sides of the tree, right? You're just going to go to the west side of the tree. Tzarich levarach, you need to make another bracha. Abba baravuna amar, yayin yashan yayin chadash tzarich levarach. So Abba baravuna says, if you switch wines, like we saw, like remember in the in the Babli, we saw in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that was rejected. If you switch wines, you need to make another bracha. Yayin yashan yayin chadash tzarich levarach. If you just switch different wines, you need to make another bracha. But if you switch wines complete, if you switch wines, you don't make another bracha, meaning the bracha that you would make if you switch wines is hatovah and but you wouldn't make another bracha, which is consistent with how we understand the Babli as well. If you switch locations, you need to make another bracha. If you take your mind off of the let's say food experience, well, loosely translated as that, you would need, it's, an, it's akin to someone who switches locations. Okay? So, for our purposes, we're going to not talk about the Yayan situation in this Gemara, but the Yerushalmi makes two basic points. The first one is that even a very seemingly insignificant change of location, from the east side of the tree to the west side of the tree. If it's a small tree, you probably can even see the same place you started. In that situation, according to the Yerushalmi, that's considered enough to warrant a new bracha. That's point number one that we're going to focus on. Point number two is, Shinu makom tarech if you switch locations, you need to make another bracha, and it doesn't qualify here like it did in the Bavli, right? And the, I would say point 2a, as opposed to point number three, is if you take your mind off it, it's as if you change places. It's not changing places, or changing places is not necessarily taking your mind off of it. It's as if you change places. Mm-hmm. Which bracha are we specifically talking about? Bracha Rishona. Um, part and parcel of this discussion, we'll see, is uh, if we say, um, if we say this type of changing of location where we would require a new bracha, then you would need to make a bracha achrona, and then a bracha rishona, according to most other people. Let's say you started eating crackers right here, right, and then I'm about to get up and uh, switch. Let's say I'm drinking water right here, okay, and I get up and I go outside, so probably I would, I would need to first make a bracha achrona here, and then I would need to make another bracha rishona out there. There happens to be one nuanced opinion that is particularly interesting, that for, if you switch locations, even if we say you need to make a new bracha rishona, you might not need to make a bracha achron on the first one, but anyhow, that's it. That's a general not thing. not talking about Kiddush. We're on a Kiddush t- tangent. We'll get back to Kiddush. <laughs> maybe today, maybe not. Um, I just have a small question. Please. Um, why would it need to say, at the beginning it says east side of the tree, west side of the tree, so why does it need to tell us also if you switch your place, you need to make another bracha? Like, isn't that included in east side, west side of the tree? So, great question. So, so, if we were trying to read the Bavli into the Yerushalmi, then I would make exactly that point. That switching points in the tree is like, um, I wouldn't even say that. Shinu, there's switching parts of the tree, which might be one type of switching, and there might be Shinu and Makom, which is another type of switching. And I'm not sure which positions in the Bavli would fit into necessarily. It's not clear because they use very different language. And the pinal pinat switching corners in the Bavli, we say you don't need to make another bracha. But here, switching sides of the tree, you do need to make another bracha. So they can't be the parallel cases. Um, we'll hopefully touch on that in a, in a second in the Rambam because I think the Rambam will um, highlight some of the perspectives here and perhaps. Uh, some, one of the perspectives in the Bavli is arguing fundamentally with the perspective in the Yerushalmi, perhaps. Okay, so when we talk about, okay, so let's just, let's just read the Rambam, and then we'll put it all together, the Rambam and the Ravid, and then we'll make a whole little thing here. Haya al this is the Rambam al-Chel Brachot, Perak Dalad, Halachot Gimel through Hay. Okay, Haya al-Chel Babayit, Zeh, you started eating here in this house. You stopped your meal. You went to another house. 
or you were eating and your friend called to talk to you, and you went to the entrance of your house, and then you, all you did was you went to the entrance of your house. You didn't step outside. You're now in your petach. You're now in your entryway. And then you go back to your table. So in that case, since you changed your place, you need to make a bracha afterwards on a, a bracha uh, on what you ate, meaning a bracha achrona on what you ate. Then you need to return and make another bracha rishona, probably of hamotzi, and then you can continue your meal. Okay? To be very clear, what is the Rambam saying? The Rambam saying, Shinoi Mako, changing your location, is one of two, changing, uh, excuse me, changing location such that it would warrant a new bracha, is one of two possibilities. The first possibility is when you literally leave your house and go to another house. In that situation, you would need to make another bracha. And that's how we would have understood the case of Mibayit Labayit in the Gemara. Right? However, um, the Rambam adds another case. Even if you just go to your entry, you go into the opening of your house, um, presumably, by the way, you're not like in your, you're like actually in like the opening of the door as opposed to like in your entryway hallway area. Um, Even in that case, that's considered probably leaving your house such that it would warrant a new bracha. Okay? Is the Pesach Abayi, is it an issue of Pesach Abayi that you're talking to a friend during the meal? Is that something different, or is it really that you're just in a different place in your house? Um, let me answer your question in a minute. Okay? Um, I'm not clear on what he's telling you to do, though. You need to make a bracha achrona on the food that you just, that you just ate. Where? When you return to your table. When you return to right. table A. Right. Right? The, presumably the case is you are here, you leave, and you come back. Right. right? So you have to, because there was a shinui makom, you switched your location in the middle, you have to end your first meal, right, by, making, by benching, let's say, and you have to begin another meal. You have to do both. You have to make a bracha achorna on the food you already ate, and you have to make a new bracha rishona from here on out. Um, you go back and you make another bracha. I think, I, I think he's, I'm pretty sure the Ramam's just saying, again, you're going to make another bracha. Rishona. Still at place A or in the entry Place A. Meaning so coming back to the same place exactly where you ate before, and, but you still you have to bench and... and, and Correct. Again. Correct. Okay. Start over. And that's assuming you didn't eat anything in your foyer. You're just or your, house. or your friend's house. You just got up. Well, if you in the courtyard, surely if you went to your friend's house and you want to eat there, uh, as of right now, you would need to make another bracha, and definitely within the case of going into your entry, you know, opening your door, chatting with your friend on your your steps, and then coming back, you would also need to make a bracha in that case. Even if you didn't eat, you just took a little break and Correct. came back. Correct. But wouldn't you have to do the bracha corona the or the tar benching, whatever you're required to do before you go to the other place? But what if you didn't? So this, this is just a general hilchot bracha thing. If you, um, let's say I ate my meal here and then I left and I realized that I forgot to bench, so we have that really you should come back to the place you ate and bench. So you come back, I'm going to come back to this place and have to bench, and just because I left doesn't, as long as it's when within your 72-minute time period, it doesn't uh, undermine my ability to bench. Right? All that we're talking about here is, do you need to make another bracha rishona? And if you need to make a bracha rishona, implicit, at least right now, is that you have to make a bracha achrona on the first part of your meal. Okay, so now we're just dividing your meal into two sections. That's the best way to do Shalash Shittas on Shabbos. You know, on George Shabbos. Okay, let's uh, skip halacha dalit for a moment and look at halacha hey. V'chein im hayu misubin b'shtia olechol pirot. And similarly, if you're eating or you're drinking, if you're drinking or you're eating fruit and you switch your places, since you pasak achilato, you paused your meal, you're eating, 
Therefore, you need to make a bracha on what you ate and go back and make another bracha rishona, a second bracha rishona on what you're about to continue eating. But if you just switch corners in one house, you don't need to make another bracha. And then you poskins like the Yerushalmi, if you're eating on the east side of the tree, and you move to the west side of the tree, you need to make another bracha. Okay? So the question is, what is driving the Rambam? Why is the Rambam talking, what, what is it about Shinoi Makom, right, that uh, requires one to make another bracha? In other words, the Rambam lists a few cases, right, besides the general rule that if you switch houses, you need to make another bracha. And perhaps by understanding those cases, we'll be able to highlight the perspective of the Rambam with regards to changing places, warranting a new bracha. In order to do that, I would like to use the opinion of the Ravid as a foil. Now, the Ravid is the famous uh, person who uh, comments and attacks and disagrees with the, with the Rambam. And on the case, that first case where we talked about going into the entryway, and, make, and that case where the Rambam says you need to make another bracha, the Ravid you'll see in the first star on the right of there in the, in the, in the I guess, the, to the left of it, he quotes the Rambam, He says, no. Just going to your entryway is not considered uprooting yourself and changing locations. And certainly, if you can see your location, right? If I'm going here and I walk to the doorway, why is that considered shinoima? So what I would like to suggest is the following. There's two prevalent approaches that we can take towards this whole discussion. The first perspective is the perspective of the Ravid, and I'll show you why I think this is the perspective of the Ravid in a moment. But it's the perspective that Shinoi Makum Tarikh Levarech means that if you have what Ruthie was highlighting, something called a Hesach Hadat, right? When you make a bracha rishona, you have certain things in mind. You have in mind that you're making a bracha over the meal that you're about to partake in. And this meal, uh, and, and, and if you switch your locations, right, we're nervous that you just didn't have in mind at the beginning of the meal, or this wasn't when you made your initial bracha, you weren't thinking about it. You didn't have in mind to switch your locations. And so therefore, as long as you can see the place where you started the meal, you haven't had a hesachadat. Your mind, let's say, is still on the food that we're eating, right? You, if you go upstairs and you leave the house and you go somewhere else and you go across the street, then what connects you to this eating experience that's taking place? Nothing. Nothing's connecting you to the eating experience except maybe if you're hungry still, right? But the, in order to have this bracha partake, uh, cover this food, it can only cover this food as long as you're involved in that food experience, let's say. But if you change locations in a way where you can't see that initial seuda, then at that moment, you would need to make another bracha over the next food experience. Okay? So according to the Ravid, um, you, would need to make, uh, you would need to make another bracha. And that's why he specifically chooses the pina-le-pina perspective, right, from one corner of the house to the other corner, of, of the, one corner of the room to the other corner of the room, switching from there to there, you are so involved in the same eating experience. No one would go as far as to suggest that if you move five feet, you had a hesachadat, you're no longer thinking about the meal that you're partaking in, right? But if you go upstairs and you come back down and you move your whole meal, right, to a whole other floor or to a whole other house, to a whole other location, Perhaps in those situations, it's significant enough of a change where you're no longer thinking about the food experience. And that's how this whole idea is classically understood. Shinoi makom, if you change your, your location from a house to house, you need to make another bracha. Why? Because you had a hasechadad, you're no longer thinking about this meal experience. And so, just one more comment on that. It's a very liberal definition of hasechadad, but uh, for our discussion, I think it's nonetheless uh, okay. The Rambam, however, and I think this is also the approach of Rashi, uh, takes a little bit of a different opinion. We're not talking about subjective definitions of meals 
right? How are you still thinking about it? Is it still in your mind? Right? Do we assume it's still in your mind? Right? Perhaps we get in certain situations we make assumptions that eating is still, you know, this food experience is on your mind versus others. Other times we don't assume that. The Rambam is interested in objective definitions of halachic uh, locations. Right? What is defined as a halachic location of a meal? So what's defined as the halachic location of the meal is anything within this house. Right? So even, let's say, according to Rashi, if you switch floors, that's not a significant enough change to warrant a, rec- a new bracha. Right? But once you leave the house, even if you just go to the entryway, your location has halachically changed, and therefore you need to make another bracha. So according to the Rambam, when you switch from one side of the tree to the other side of the tree, even though it seems to be a very insignificant change with regards to Hesach for example, right? We wouldn't say that going to the other side of the tree, you've taken your mind off your picnic. We wouldn't say that, right? But according to the Rambam, that is halakhically considered another location. Okay? So again, two approaches to the reason that you make another bracha when you change locations. The first approach is that Changing locations uh, is a keyword for taking your mind off this meal experience versus the Rambam and Rashi, where Shinoi Mako means that halachically speaking, this is no longer defined as the location of your meal. You've taken, you've gone out of this meal location, so when you come back, you must make another breath. Now, why do I think that that's the perspective of the Rambam? I, I think it's clear why we think that's the perspective of the Rambam. All his test cases seem to suggest that. Otherwise, why walk into the entry? Why would walking to the entryway make a difference? It makes a difference because you've halachically changed your location. Why going from one side of the tree to the other side of the tree? Do you make another bracha because you've halachically changed your location? But why do I think that the Rivet's perspective is the first one? Is hesachadat? So I think I think that is the Rivet's opinion based on how he understands the Yerushalmi, right? The case where you're moving from the east side of the tree to the west side of the tree. So we said it makes sense within the approach of the Rambam, again, because the Rambam's talking about halachic definitions of places of eating. But the Ravid says no. And if you look at the second star, so the second little comment of the Ravid, so quoting the Rambam, who's quoting the Yerushalmi, katab ha-Ravid zal, why in the situation of moving from the east side of the tree to the west side of the tree would you need to make another bracha? He says you only need to make another bracha if you didn't have in mind to move locations. Implicit is, if you had in mind to move from the east side of the tree to the west side of the tree, it doesn't constitute a hesechadat. Again, hesechadat is a subjective definition, a very subjective uh, criteria for what you had in mind for the location of this meal, let's say. So if I had in mind that I was going to move all around the park, then that's okay according to the Ravid. But if I didn't, if I thought, okay, I'm just, I set up my little blanket here, I laid out all my, you know, brought a bottle of wine, brought out my sandwiches, and everything's good to go, then if you switch locations, it constitutes a hesachazah. And that's why I think that the Ravid and the Rambam properly convey the two different perspectives in this discussion. It's funny because the whole time I'm thinking that they're eating from the tree. No. <laughs> and so, I mean, it spots like a really good, you know, thing <laughs> on the other side. Definitely thinking about the meal. Right. Um, I, yeah. No, I don't, I mean, maybe they were eating up the fruits of the tree. Um, but I, I think that they're talking about switching sides of the tree in terms of where your meal is being established. Um, okay, two different approaches. There seems to be another thing going on with Rambam also, which is what constitutes breaking a meal. In other words, what's a half-sake in the meal? It's not only, it's not only looking at the change of location. It's like the change of location and the fact that you've broken the continuity of Okay, so I would say, I would answer it two ways. The second way we'll talk about in a few minutes as we go through the rest of the Gemara and when we get back to Halakha Dalit in the Rambam. 
But the Rambam, as you're highlighting, discusses upasak, right? The, you pause your meal. So I think that what the Rambam is saying is that by the very fact that you change your location, you retroactively paused your meal. You've, it's not that you said, I'm not pausing my meal, I'm going to open the door, <laughs> and that's... Okay, but you don't necessarily have to change location to pause your meal. In other words, the fact that you... Meaning, can you pause your meal in other ways besides changing locations? Right. Yeah. Um, or, by getting distracted, like talking to friends but that are not eating, eating with you. But I don't... But, but, you know, but he didn't... So go to talk to his friend, and he wasn't necessarily eating him. And it's not clear whether is it the Pesach toe of the friends or no, his his, his own house. Pat, why why do you know that? Um, because we're talking about Oshaya Ochel the Karu Chavira Ladaber Lo LePesach Beito. He went to him at the entrance of his house, the Chazar Vehol Veshinamakom. Oh, so you're saying maybe he goes to the other friends? Pesach of the friends house. Um, no, it's just not. I. And I think if you all the commentary on here, but it's it, 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 it just not happening. Otherwise, it, why would that? And he didn't go to eat, continue a meal at another body. Correct. So he left to. He, he just, just went to. Um, either he picked up. Everyone agrees that if he picked up his meal and moved to another place, right. that would constitute Shane and Mako. Right. Okay. That I wasn't talking. About right. That. So we're talking about when you just kind of go there and come back. So right. according to the Rambam, you would need to, to eat there. Correct. Whether he went to his friends or the pets have, a, pets have his own bias, Correct. he didn't necessarily eat in either of those places. Correct. Correct. It's not like he moved his meal. Correct. So what if you go to the pets have to admit your friend to your meal? Um, stay inside your house. We don't... In <laughs> 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 the doorway. I mean, it's like... Right. So... Um, if you keep in mind that you're going back to the right. meal... Right. So, halakha lamat. Today... It's, it's interesting. When, when you take halakha classes, a lot of times, I know this has been my experience, they always say to you, when you want to understand like the philosophy and the theory behind it, they always say this is not Gemara class, this is a halakha class. <laughs> so I, today I'm like, everyone's going to ask me about Shinei Makom, and I'm going to tell them this is Gemara class, not halakha <laughs> The reason that I want to pull that line is the intricacies of the halakha of Shinei Makom are very intricate. There's a lot of details. and. I don't want to answer that question yet. It has to do with what you were eating, when you were eating, why you were eating, and we also don't pass them like the Rambam, probably. Um, meaning, if you, you can leave your house for certain situations, in certain contexts, under certain conditions. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And that's Halakha Dalad, and that's the rest of the Gemara. Okay, so everyone understand, everyone's with me on what happened so far. Two different approaches to Shinai Mako. And the reason that I thought it was important to set it up is because as we go through the rest of the Gemara, you're going to see this tension implicitly uh, in, in, a, in an argument that's about to surface. So let's continue in, in the Gemara. Well, let's actually read, let's start from the beginning and just reread that again. Again, we're on the third line down, the third to last word. So Rav Idi Barabin is with Rav Chista, and Rav Chista says in the name of Rav Huna. That which we said, that if you change your locations, you need to make a new bracha, that is only with regards to changing houses, but from place to place, or corner to corner, depending on which gears that you have, you would not need to make another bracha. Okay. Rav Idi Bar says, isn't this what we learned in the Mishnah? in the name of, in the school of Rahinak. And in, in, in that Mishnah, they said it, the, it, the school of Rahinak said it, said it was like you. So what is Rahuna coming to teach us? Rahuna never heard of this brighter. What happened in the Gemara? <laughs> this is very interesting happens. The Gemara says, what are you telling me that Rahuna said this? Don't we have, didn't we learn this already in a brighter? And so what do we, so the fact that we have Rafuna coming and adding on to a Brita, what is this coming to teach us, right? What is Rafuna coming to teach us? So the answer that they give is Rafuna just didn't know about the Brita. <laughs> so Rafuna Matsnita Loshmiyalai. Rafuna just didn't know about it. Okay, uh, the Rashbam, by the way, says that, uh, he says that that's a mistake in the text of 
the Gemara, and that actually never took place. Um, <laughs> and, it, and also, this, he also says that this proves the fact that uh, there were lots of brightas that, or not everybody knew everything. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So Rav Chista says in his own name. When we, in the case where we would say, if you change your location, you would need to make another bracha. So whatever case you would need to make another bracha, so let's say, we buy it, we buy it, right? Even in that case, we have another qualification. You would only need to make another bracha if your original eating was over foods that don't require you to make a bracha achrona in their location. Let me read another line and then we'll go back. But things that require you to make a bracha after them in their location, even if you change your place, in Sarich Levarech, you would not need to make another bracha. A few more words and then I'll, we'll go back and talk about it. My time, why not? Lekiva Kame Kamahadar. Because Lekiva comes from the word Kviut. From the first, from the original Kviut, you're going to have to return. Literally. That's what it means. Let me explain what happened. Rav, we had the statement that there are certain times, right, which we discussed. We're going to, when we talk about Shinya Makum now, let's just talk about from house to house, just for it, to make it as easy on us. So if you switch houses, you need to make another bracha. Rav Chista comes and says, I need to add a little caveat. The caveat is that you only would need to make another bracha if the first food you ate before you switched their locations were the types of foods that you don't need a bracha achrona in their place. For example, water. If you drink water, and then you get up and walk away, and you, want, you need to make a borei nefashot, you can make a borei nefashot wherever you are. You don't need to come back to here to make a borei nefashot. But let's say you're eating cookies. So if you're eating cookies, or you're eating bread, right here, and then you leave to go somewhere else, and you remember you didn't bench, or you didn't make an alamechya, you have to come back to this location and make another bracha. So what Rechista is saying, that in the case of water, when you get up and leave, in that case, because it's a bracha she'en tunin bracha Any food that you don't need to make a bracha afterwards in the place where you ate it, in that situation, you switch houses, you need to make another bracha. However, if you must return here to make another bracha, uh, excuse me, to make a bracha achrona, then in the case where you switched houses, you wouldn't need to make another bracha. Okay? Rishona? Bracha Rishona. Yes. What's going on? Why is that? Does everyone understand the facts, first of all? Okay. So let's look at the Rashbam, who will explain this a little bit to us, hopefully. So the Rashbam we're going to start with is Bidvarim She'inan Tu'unin Bracha L'Achrayim Bim Koman. If you're using the Xeroxes, it's underlined. If you're not using the Xeroxes, it's not underlined. But it's the uh, third long line at the end of the word. Does everyone see it? Bidvarim She'inan Tu'unin Bracha L'Achrayim Bim Koman. Kigon Mayim O Like water or fruits. She'inan Tu'unin Bracha Chashuva Bifnei Atman. Because they don't have a special bracha an important bracha for themselves. Ela borina fasha rabot. Rather, the end the bracha you say afterwards is borina fasha rabot. Helkach. Therefore, in sarich levarech bim koman achrayim. Therefore, since it doesn't have a special bracha, you don't have to make an af- the bracha afterwards in its location. Devadai kevan de'amad v'halach b'makom achar amidato zohi gmar su'udato. So the Rashbam is now addressing the question. So therefore, if you switch locations, why do you need to make another bracha? Right? He says, because the moment you stand up, devadai, certainly, kevan da'amad, since you stood up, v'halach b'makom achar midato, zohi gemar sudato, and you went to another place after you stood up, it implies that your meal has ended, 
v'hach se'uda achriti hi, and in the new location you're starting another meal, v'tzarich levarech v'tchila, and you need to make another bracha to begin. So what happens? In the situation where you, there's nothing compelling you to return to this place, right? You don't have to come back to make up bracha achron. I had water. I have to make a boreen of a show, but I can make a boreen of a on 86th Street. Right? So there's nothing tying me to this location. So the fact that I got up implied that I meant to leave here, and it establishes this as a change in location. And therefore, in my new location, I have to make another bracha. Okay? Let's contrast that to the next comments of the Rashbam. So the next comments of the Rashbam but things where you have to make a bracha in their place, klomar, meaning to say, important brachot afterwards, and therefore you need to make it in its location, like the seven uh, fruits where you make al-ha'etz, the al-priha'etz, and similarly al-ha'michya, where you al-ha'michya, the al-ha'kakala, and also, obviously, berkanamazon. Uh, because it has the Okay. Since you did not make a bracha after them in this location, and you went to another place to eat, if you rely on the first kviut, on the fact that you first, on, uh, let's, how do I want to translate this? On the first uh, meal establishment, let's say. It's not the best language, I'll explain in a minute. And then you went to another place, you are relying on the first place. What happened? Um, it's a continuation of the same meal. Correct. The fact, um, I'm trying to think about the best way to explain this. The fact that it, that this food requires you to make a bracha after them in the place that you eat. When you make, when you move your meal from here to there, we assume that you're relying on the original meal experience and just taking that meal with you. Okay? Does that make any sense? Yeah, because you didn't bench before you left, so you're continuing. Right. It's all about assumptions, and the assumptions are within the dot. What was your intention? What do we assume your intention was when you got up from right here? So if you got up from right here and you were just drinking water, or you were just eating fruits, right? We assume that you really ended this meal experience and you are now on to another meal experience in another location. The, we're making an assumption about your intention. However, in the case where you're eating more substantial food that require you to make the bracha achrona in the place where you eat it, ate it, then when you switch locations, we're assuming that you're taking the whole meal with you. And therefore, you don't have to make another bracha beforehand because we're kind of just carrying it with. How does that jive with hay that we just did? So, this is not, the Ramam does not paskin like this. Oh. The, okay, again, the, I think that Rav Chista's perspective of Shinoi Makom is, uh, w- without the anachronism involved in this statement, is the perspective of the Ravid, right? That we're interested in your dot. What was your intention? Much like the Ravid said with the case of switching areas apart to the tree, from the east to the west that you had in mind to switch, right? Everything's were a focus on what was your dot. What was your intention when you got up from here and you went to there? So Rechist is saying, we have assumptions about what you were thinking. And the assumption is based on the type of food that you were eating. In the case where you're having, let's say, insignificant type of food, then the moment you get up, we assume that meal experience one has ended, Meal experience too is beginning, and therefore, you change your place, make another bracha. However, 
There are other types of food that are more significant, more substantial with regards to the halachot of brachot, with regards to other things as well. And therefore, when you, when you take the food, when you move to another location, we assume you're just continuing your meal in that location. No, because you've taken your food with you. You ate something here, and uh, classic people talk that's about us. That's not. I don't. I don't think that that's the world of the Rambam. The Rambam, I think, is the next opinion in the Gemara. So if you look back in your Gemara for one moment, Rav Sheshan says no. I don't care about what you're eating. If you halakhically change your location. If you make a significant change in your place of meal, I don't care what you were eating. It's irrelevant to me. We're not interested in what you were thinking about at the time of your meal, what, the, what we're assuming you were thinking about at the time you made brachot at the time you got up. We're not interested in that. We're interested in halachic definitions of places. If you halachically change your place, you need to make another brachot. And I think that that's the approach of the Rambam. So if I were to say right now, who's postulating Iku? The Rambam is poskening like Rav Sheshet, you halachically change your place, you make it on the bracha. Whereas um, the Ravid, amongst other people, is going to be poskening like Rav um, Okay? Everyone with me? Fine. Okay. Excellent. Let's continue in the Gemara. So, Meitzvah. Does everyone see where we are? Mm-hmm. Meitzvah. So we have a challenge to the opinion of Rav Chista. So people were sitting around having a meal, and they, uh, eat, they were eating and drinking, and they lifted uh, their feet, they got up from where they were sitting to go out to greet a chatan or to greet a kala, no problem. When they go out, they don't need to make a bracha afterwards, meaning they don't need to bench. And when they come back, they don't need to make another bracha beforehand. With what, what is the case that we're speaking about? If you left an old person or a sick person behind. But if you didn't leave an old person or a sick person at the place where you were eating, when you go out to, to greet the chatan or the kala, you need to bench. When you come back, you need to make another bracha. Okay? So how is this uh, argument against a counter-text to Rav Chista? So the Gemara tells us right away. The fact that the case talks about lifting up, uprooting your feet, it means that we're talking about foods that require you to make a bracha afterwards uh, in their location. Why? When we talk about akirat hashokhan, that they all used to have individual tables. So when you're talking about lifting up the feet, you're not talking about picking your feet up off the ground. You're talking about lifting up the table and moving the table, meaning they were sitting at a real meal that you have to come back, probably, let's say, a bread meal. Okay? So we know that we're talking about Devarim Shetunin Bracha Achorim Mimkaman. You have to say Bracha Achorim in their place, which if you recall, Rav Chista said, Shinoi Makom ain't Tzarech Lavarach. In that case, if you switch your locations, you go outside, you don't need to make another Bracha, right? However, uh, continuing in the Gemara, Vitama Dehainichu Sham Zakeinu Choleb, but the reason you left them when they're behind, Hu Dekishahen Yotzin ain't Tzunin Bracha Lamafreya, the reason you left someone was behind was so that you wouldn't need to bench and you wouldn't need to make another bracha when you come back. Implying, that if you didn't leave someone behind, meaning the case says, you're talking about a meal where you have to make a bracha in its location, and the fact that you have to leave someone means we can't just say, oh, shinoi makom ain't sarich Meaning, if you didn't leave someone behind, we would assume that this is a significant enough change that you would need to make another bracha. So Rav Chista, who says in the case where you leave your house and then come back, as long as you we're eating the types of foods where you would have to come back to make a bracha achorna, you wouldn't need to make a bracha. This is a counter-text to that. 
right? This text says, no, you have to leave someone there to keep it as a meal place, right? Okay, so the Gemara answers, Amarav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Montana Akirot. So Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, who, who, is, who is the author of this case? Rabbi Yehuda. So that was the, the author of this case is Rabbi Yehuda. So now we have an argument between Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Chista. It's on the back of, if you're using the Xeroxes, it's on the back of your Xeroxes. It might be upside down in that place. The first line. So who is the author of this? Rabbi Yehuda. Okay. So the way, so the Gemara tries to challenge the perspective of Rav Chista. And they say, no, it's just a machloket between Rav Chista and Rabbi Yehuda. Again, I'm going to summarize what we have so far, and then we'll end for right now, and we'll continue next week, and we'll understand that last halacha in the Rambam next week. But let's just summarize. We have three perspectives so, so far on Shinu and Machum in the Gemara. The first perspective is the perspective of Rav Chista. Seemingly, that word, the focal, the underlying conceptual theory behind, behind him is is a dot issue, right? We're, we're, and we're trying to understand what your intention was. And so therefore, if, we, if you're eating the types of foods where we assume your intent was not to end meal one and begin meal two, then even if you switch your locations, you wouldn't need to make another bracha. That's the perspective of Rav Chesel. We have the perspective of Rav Sheshit who says, Really, anytime you switch your location, we're not in, we're, you switch houses, right? Whatever type of switching locations would warrant a new bracha. We're not interested in the types of food you're eating. We're interested in the types of locations, right? Much like we presented the opinion of the Rambam. And finally, we've introduced the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that um, there's this third, that there's a third option. The third option is that even if you halachically are changing your location, you can still rely on that first eating experience. So let's say it's the opinion of Rav Sheshet Prime, right? It's Rav Sheshet who says all we're interested in is halachic definitions of locations. Rav Yudah says we're interested in halachic definitions of locations, but, but there's a way to, let's say, rely on that first halachic location. And we'll have to explore exactly what that is. The Rambam Haskins that way as well in Halachadalad. We'll have to uh, explore that a little bit more next week and understand what's going on, how, what is this opinion, how can we understand it within what we've kind of set up here about the realm of Shinoi Makum. So we'll do that next week, we'll, we'll, at the beginning, and then we'll move on and we're going to go back to uh, Kiddush experiences as well. Okay, any questions?